there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. And we took off on the road for Eagles-Dolphins joint practices. This is a special podcast on the road, and it's presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia. It's a fun spot to hang out at if you're going to a game. We've got some good conversations here about the Eagles. We're just over two weeks away from the start of the regular season. You can catch the preseason finale Saturday night on NBC10. Here's some conversations with former Vikings GM Rick Spielman, who's got a history with the Eagles, and also Eagles pre season analyst Ross Tucker. Enjoy. Hey everybody, we're with Eagles preseason analyst Ross Tucker and it is sweltering hot out here. This is ridiculous. Dude, I will never complain about the heat and or humidity in Pennsylvania ever, ever again. This is different down here. It is nothing up north. Miami, it's like 103 real feel every day. And the Eagles have wrapped training camp. So Ross Tucker, you've seen this team in training camp. You also saw them in the preseason games. Where do you think this team is at heading into the season a couple weeks from now? I think they're in a pretty good place, John, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, they don't appear to have any injuries that are going to linger into the season. Nothing significant. We've seen that with other teams, other NFC contenders. The Bucks losing Ryan Jensen, their center. The Cowboys more recently losing Tyron Smith, their left tackle. So that's the most important thing, let's be honest, is that it doesn't appear as if the Eagles have suffered any injuries that are going to affect them come the season that's huge, and I think they've gotten a lot of good work in because of all the joint practices they've had in addition to the preseason games. Nick Sirianni said that the practice that Jalen Hurts had against the Dolphins was the best practice that Jalen has had under Nick in the year plus that he's seen him. That's pretty amazing to say. So what have you seen from Jalen Hurts this summer in camp? Well, I think what he liked about what Jalen did was just getting rid of the ball, getting the ball out of his hands, not always trying to extend plays with his feet. There's nothing wrong, John, with throwing the check down to Miles Sanders or Gainwell or Boston Scott, picking up an easy five to seven yards. I think in the past, Sirianni probably thought Hurts would try to make a big play or he'd scramble or he'd run. Sometimes there'd be a negative play. As a result, coaches love when you just take what the defense gives you. They love that because if you just keep doing that, you'll have success. So is that Jalen Hurts? processing things quicker like the game is slowing down because of how comfortable he is with the offense i think he's more comfortable getting his second and third reads usually an underneath pass a check down that's not usually going to be your first read you're probably going to look downfield to start so the fact that he is more comfortable okay the deep in cut's not there the deep out's not there i'm going to throw it underneath and and take a profit as they like to say that is a good path for him in terms of his progression and it's natural right it's his second year in the same offense I, I bet you he's so happy and actually I talked to him about this to not have to learn another offense yeah. I mean every year he had to learn a new offense since he was 16 he can finally just build on what he did the year before and Shane Steichen I asked him about adding more now and he said yeah 
we're going to have more wrinkles. So are there more things that you can do as an offense with Jalen having that comfort level? Yeah, I think so. I Look, there's a reason, John, why Peyton Manning, when he was in Indy, or Drew Brees, New Orleans, Tom Brady, of course, there's a reason why they kept getting better and better. They had such a comfort level with what they were doing that they could add different little things to fool the defense. I still think they'll be run-based. But you better believe they're adding some stuff for A.J. Brown. I mean, how could you not? And I think with what they've seen from Hurts this summer, they'll be more comfortable with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball as well. So you basically have almost the same Eagles offense back. As I say, Amalu's healthy. Yeah. But when you add A.J. Brown, what does that do for Jalen, especially in the red zone? We saw some of those red zone plays to A.J. in Cleveland. Well, first of all, I'm glad you mentioned Say Amalu. He's good. I, I think it gets lost in the shuffle sometimes because of how his career started. That's a big addition to get an above-average starting guard back in the lineup like the Eagles have. I don't think they just have the best offensive line in the league. I think it's probably by a decent amount, John. It really is. And then so you have that protection with a guy like A.J. Brown. He's been more than I thought he would be. Wow. You know, I thought he was a run-after-catch guy, an in-breaking route guy. He has shown he can make contested catches on the side, you know, on the sideline. He has shown he's more of a deep threat than I realized. He's even better than I thought he was when they traded for him. So, Ross, when I see all these guys nationally arguing about the top 10 receivers, I'm not seeing A.J. Brown's name on there. Where would you put him in the NFL right now? Clearly top 10, and I think there's a strong argument for top five. You know, honestly, John, I think a lot of those guys, they just look up the total yardage that the guys had the year before or the number of catches. And so they're making up this list. And it's like, oh, this guy. Well, if you just go by number of catches or total yards, A.J. Brown won't be up there. Go by yards per catch. Go by yards per target. Go by yards after the catch. How about 10 touchdowns? of 50 yards or more the last three years. Most I mean, in he, the NFL. Most in the NFL. Yeah, he yeah. is a big play guy. So he, those other guys aren't better than him. They've just been on more pass-heavy teams or maybe teams that were losing. I mean, last year, Tennessee, had, they were number one seed in the AFC. So they've had to throw the ball more. They've had to put up those numbers. So last year, the Eagles really got going when they said, we're just going to run the ball, right? They became a running yeah. team. Now they go get A.J. Brown. Are they going to come out when the season starts in just over two weeks? As a passing team, are they going to try to do what they were originally setting out to do last year? I think they're still a running team. I think they're still a running team. I think the difference will be that, like we saw Gardner Minshew, for example, against the Browns, I think they'll throw the ball a lot on those run-pass options. They did a lot of those against the Browns, and Minshew was throwing the ball. And they had some exotic looks, some different things where they were pulling linemen that I loved Pulling Lyman, yet still throwing the ball, really throws off the defense, and they're going to do it to A.J. Brown a lot. I mean, I, I think he's a perfect fit, and I know it sounds like I'm, oh, J.J., but Devontae Smith's the route runner. You've got Quez Watkins, the deep speed. A.J. Brown is, he's like two, almost 230, John, 6'1", 230. He is the big, physical, in-breaking route. So the deep dig cuts, that's an inside breaking cut, the slants. He's the guy, I think, that's going to get the ball a lot on those RPOs that we see the Eagles run all the time. So you said A.J. Brown has shown even more than you thought. How yeah. about on defense? Would you go Hassan Reddick? Would you go Kaiser White? Who has shown you more than you originally thought them coming in here? I would say Reddick's about what I thought. I would say Bradbury probably has still has more left than I realized. And Kaiser White is clearly better than I thought he was. I am shocked that the Chargers allowed him to leave in free agency. We know he's a college safety. We know that he has the reputation of being undersized. 
you watch how physical he is in these practices. And even there's tape from last year with the Chargers. Him, he's going against the Raiders, taking on guards, shedding them, making the play. He's a lot more physical at the point of attack than they realized. And here's the thing. With him and TJ Edwards and N'Kobe Dean, I feel like there's a bunch of positions, John, receiver, corner, linebackers, where I'm sitting here saying, this is the best group the Eagles have had at that position in a while. If you're talking about depth, I really feel that way. It's interesting because now as you look towards the start of the season, Washington's going to be without Chase Young yeah. for the first four games. He's going to miss the Eagles game. And the Cowboys, you talked about it, a major injury at left tackle. Yeah. Tyron Smith. How big is that? And does that put the Eagles right there to win the division? Yeah, to me, the Eagles now would be the favorite to win the division. I actually probably thought they were anyway. They're clearly better than they were a year ago. Cowboys lose Lyle Collins. Cowboys lose Amari Cooper. Cowboys lose Randy Gregory. I thought the Cowboys already, John, were worse. And now the Tyron Smith injury just complicates that because now they lost their right tackle Collins and their left tackle Smith. It's not good for them. It is good for the Eagles. So so you've got the Eagles winning the division. Yeah, right now I think they're the favorite to win the division. And I don't know, you know what the odds makers say, but in my mind they are for sure. I think the Cowboys will still be in the mix, but boy, I like the Eagles' chances. How about Jonathan Gannon? As the defensive coordinator, a lot of Eagles fans were not happy with the way he played. A little passive last year. Personnel. So now with all of the things that he has on defense, at every level they added players. What do you think we're going to see from Jonathan Gannon? Well, so first of all, you're right. They clearly have better personnel at every level. And secondly, though, I think the biggest thing for him, and I've talked with him about it, is takeaways. You know, they did not give up very many explosive plays last year. Their main focus is explosive plays and takeaways. Last year, they were very good with the explosive plays. They weren't nearly as good as he wanted to be with takeaways. So now the question is, John, can they get the takeaways with the new personnel they have? Or does he have to be more aggressive calling things to get those takeaways? Because those are the two things. Look, I talked to him a couple of times. Those are his two focuses. He doesn't care about completion percentage or stuff, the stuff that people care about. If you look at the stats, if you win the takeaway battle, you win the explosives battle, you're going to win the game. So do you think we'll see more blitzing from him, or do you think that they've got the fronts now to get the pressure without Yeah, I think that remains to be seen based upon what they get from Redick, what Sweat does this year, what they get from Jordan Davis. Ideally, if you're getting the pressure without having to send guys, that's what you would do. But I wouldn't be surprised, especially with having Slay and Bradbury now in the other corner, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little bit more aggressive. I think a lot of it depends on who you're playing against. You know, what are the matchups for the other receivers on the other team, who's the quarterback of the other team. But I wouldn't surprise me if they were more aggressive. So a lot of people were talking about odd man fronts. Maybe we'd see some three, four. We've seen some five man fronts, yeah. four man fronts. Haven't seen too much three, four, right? In training camp, am I right? It's been more of the five man fronts. So it depends on really how you, how you describe it, right? They've had more of the five down fronts. But if he has new stuff, that he wants to use, he's not going to show us. Yeah. He's not going to show, he's certainly not going to do it in the preseason game. So I'm sure he's got some other three down looks and five down looks that he's excited about that he hasn't shown us yet. I've seen some of that stuff out here, but listen, these guys are smart. They know there's always cameras everywhere. They're going to hold some of that stuff back. A couple final questions for you. If you have a concern for this team right now, what would it be going into the season? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's fair to wonder about the safeties. I, I do. I think... Right now, I think you feel really good about Marcus Epps. Anthony Harris is solid. But what happens if they have an injury there? And that's probably the other thing is just safety and then in general, depth. Now, I feel like they have pretty good depth, but 
that sounds good until somebody goes down, somebody else has to go. If they lose a corner, how well does Zach McPherson play, right? Now, I, I think if they lose a receiver, they're pretty good with Pascal and Rager, actually. So I think a lot of these positions, they are pretty good. If they lose a tight end, yeah. that'd be a problem, it feels like, right now. But then maybe we'll get to see what Calcaterra can do and stall. So if, if we're sitting here complaining about maybe they're not above average at safety and depth, Eagles are probably in a pretty good spot. All right, and how about this? As an offensive lineman, right? I, I, I agree. that Are you going to ask me about Juergens again? Well, look, look at him light up. Look at him light up. I'm going to ask you. That's the final question. So, so about the line, Andre Dillard is looking really good. Yeah. He's a new man. We spoke to him in the locker room, and you just see he's tough, mentally tough. He's got the confidence yeah. now. Definitely thicker. No question. Definitely thicker. Yeah, he worked out from the moment they lost in the playoffs, and then you see him getting into a little fight in practice. Yeah. You like to see that. Would you trade him to the Dallas Cowboys Ooh. because they've lost their left tackle? You know, it, it would it would have to be, uh, first of all, it would have to be by far the best value in a trade, right? So if there are other teams that want Dillard, and I would imagine there are, like the Indianapolis Colts, who are starting Matt Pryor at left tackle right now, I think if they both are offering the same draft pick, pretty clearly you send them to the Colts rather than the Cowboys. You want the Cowboys to be in a bad spot. But if the Cowboys have by far the best offer and they're willing to do that, then I think that's something the Eagles – would consider. I don't think they're going to do that, though, because they right. got that first-round pick from Tulsa, Tyler Smith. They'll probably plug him in and just live with it. Yeah, and it's interesting because you said best offensive lineman in the league. I'd say top three, but you know more about linemen. But do they have the best depth at line? And that can without go into question. your guy, Cam Yeah, Jones. yeah, w- w- without question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you just watched the other day uh, against the Browns, and you've got Dillard, Driscoll, Opeta. They've all started at least five games. They all played very solidly last year when they were in there. Jurgens is going to be a really good Here player. Here we go. Let it out. John, I try not to get that. Do you guys watch the games? You, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do when Jurgens is 15 yards downfield killing dudes, right? I can't tell you how hard that is to do as a center because your weight's forward. You can't cheat it at all. He is a crazy athlete. He's more powerful than I thought. I know a lot of people were skeptical when they made that pick. That kid is going to be a home run. He's been the star of the preseason games. Thank God for him, for me. <laughs> the Telestrator, by the way, by the way, uh, it's fascinating that he grew up blocking steer on a yeah. farm. So he's not just country strong, he's farm strong. Well, I know. That sounds good. We showed that video during yeah. the game against Cleveland. What happens if the steer bull rushes? <laughs> I mean, it looks good on a video until the steer decides, I'm going to try to run this dude over. I think when he signed his contract, he's not doing it anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably right. All right. Final question. Ross, I didn't see him down the shore, but I always ride my bike or jog over yeah. the Seattle City Avalon Bridge, and I saw your Instagram. You're making the trek. Yes, yes. Love it. I only have a couple bike rides left. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's Labor Day weekend. It's killing me. It's going to hit us hard. But what is your favorite drink down the shore? Oh, that's a great question, You're actually. On the beach? Yeah, yeah. Or just Honestly, hanging down the shore? I, I like, I, I'm a local craft beer guy. So when I am at the beach, I drink a lot of Cape May IPAs and tan limes. You know, like nice. they're, they're like lemon lime drink. Yep. I can, I can drink, probably shouldn't say this on TV. I can drink a lot of tan limes at the beach. A lot. It's not on game day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a state sky, state side high noon guy down the shore. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I like high noons too. I like high noons too. Oh yeah. I like high noons. I, that, that's another good drink too. For right. sure. Well, we got to get a sponsorship. We just said it on know TV. What? That's my goal. That's, that's my goal. But appreciate it. You're right. Only a couple more weeks down the shore. And then finally, just over two Look, weeks away. Look, even John is dripping. It's not it's, just the four. 
overall punchline. Even John is dripping right here. Ridiculous. No makeup. Thanks a lot, Ross Tucker. (laughs) See See him on the Eagles preseason finale Saturday night on NBC 10. We hope against the Dolphins. All right, joining us now from a very hot Miami Dolphins facility, Rick Spielman, the former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. You know him well. There's been many Eagles-Vikings things in the past, but when you're watching these joint practices today and you look at the Eagles roster, what do you think about this squad the Birds have this year? Yeah, I thought Howie did a great job addressing all the team needs that he had to this offseason. I had an opportunity to speak with him before practice, and the thing that fascinated me the most was the A.J. Brown trade and how he was able to pull that off. And rarely do you ever see a team give up a first round pick for a veteran on draft day. But, you know, with credit to Howie, he was able to get that deal done. They felt good about the physical and about his health. And then right after that, to get that contract done that they were able to get done with him, because the worst thing that can happen to you as a general manager is make a significant trade like that, but not be able to extend that player to a long-term deal. Speaking of A.J. Brown, uh, I see all these top 10 lists of receivers in the NFL recently, and I don't see A.J. Brown listed a whole lot there. What do you think of him as a receiver? Yeah, no, he's a, a, a big physical receiver. And when you looked at his stats last year in Tennessee, it was amazing how many games they won when he was on the field and lost when he was not on the field. And I know last year he missed some time with an injury. But he gives them a big physical presence down the field, and he may not be as fast as we're watching Tyreek Hill today, but because of his presence, because of his catching radius, his ability to go up and get the ball in contested situations makes him a vertical deep threat. And that's, I thought, something they were missing last year. So with A.J. Brown, the physical play that he brings, and then Devontae Smith with his speed, Dallas Goddard, he can catch a ball over the middle. Offensive line, Miles Sanders, do you think they have one of the more talented offenses? Oh, I, I believe they do with the addition of Brown. And I think Devontae Smith's going to take even another jump this year. And I think Goddard's one of the most underrated tight ends in the league right now. But he, they have a great offensive line. I know Sanders is hurt. The question I have is, I know Boston has done well. Gainwell has done well through the preseason. But if Sanders, because he does have a little bit of an injury history, that's how we pull off a trade to bring in another big physical running back. Well, we were just in Cleveland and Kareem Hunt was right there. Nick Sirianni spoke to him. Do you think that Kareem Hunt would be very valuable for the Eagles offense? Oh, I think Kareem Hunt's an excellent back, but I suggested maybe an Alexander Madison who's up there with the Minnesota Vikings, who's right behind Dalvin Cook, and they have a lot of good running backs. And the difference is he is on a rookie deal as well, and he only has one year left on his contract. So When you're a general manager, not only are you thinking about just not playing fantasy football, hey, let's trade this for this, but what value and how does it fit into your cap? And will you be able to extend that player potentially down the road? So it'll be interesting to see what what Philadelphia does, what Howie does, uh, if he does address any of these potential needs that they may have right before the regular season starts. And that brings us to Jalen Hurts. Um, Obviously, a lot is on his shoulders now to prove that he can be the franchise quarterback, to be the guy that they give a contract to, to to go forward with him. Do you think he can take those steps, make those improvements, and become that guy? Well, they have an excellent offensive line, maybe one of the best in the league. They got weapons all over the field at the receiver and tight end position. They can run the ball. I mean, just look at last week in in Cleveland. I understand it's a preseason game, but they were able to physically, I thought, dominate Cleveland's front uh, last week and be able to run the ball. So I think there is going to be a lot of 
pressure on Hurts to see is he the franchise quarterback going forward or not. I think the additional pressure on him from the outside that, and from what I'm looking at is they have two first round picks next year and it is a very strong draft class of quarterbacks coming out next year's draft with I've already started watching some of these guys. So will they stay with Hurst if he has a great year or with Howie and the Philadelphia Eagles having all this draft capital, will they potentially go and get what they think is maybe a future franchise quarterback in next year's draft? And you know Howie, uh, you of course did the deal with Howie with the Sam Bradford trade. Um, he likes to be aggressive. So, so what do you think is going to happen there then? I don't know. I think they'll, they'll see because I know just reading reports and watching some of the tape that Hurst is really taking the jump forward. I think, you know, the biggest thing is he going to be able to push the ball downfield in the passing game now that he has the weapons that he has. Um, but when you look at the stats last year, I think he, Hurst was the leading rusher on this Philadelphia Eagles football team. The other thing was when he started throwing less, that's when the Philadelphia Eagles started getting momentum and started winning games and eventually got into the playoffs. So usually the third year is the year on young quarterbacks when you can tell whether they're going to be your guy or not. So that'll be a fun, uh, be a fun dilemma to watch to see what happens this year with uh, Jalen and what happens in the future at the quarterback position. But Philly is in great position that if they do decide that Jalen is not the guy, uh, that they have the draft capital, maybe go out and get a, another, take a shot at another franchise quarterback. So when you look at the NFC East, can can you tell us who you'd pick to win the division? Boy, I, yeah, I can do that <laughs> sorry, now because I'm an analyst. Thought, yeah. yeah, but I think you know, I don't know if Dallas did enough. I've always respected Dallas, and I, I know they have a great defense. They lost some uh, key playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. But I think if Hurst comes through that I have already put out there in the media that I think Philly will win the NFC East. If Jalen Hurts comes through. Correct. Okay. Uh, how about the defense? Because, you know, you have Darius Slay now with James Bradbury on a one-year kind of prove-it deal. You've got linebackers now, and then they fortified the defensive line drafting Jordan Davis, and you still got Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and they added Hassan Reddick. So, did you like how they kind of retooled the defense and added to it? They seem to add at every level. Uh, so they wanted to improve at the corner position and to go out and get a Bradbury. And that didn't cost them anything from a compensatory standpoint because he was released. So I thought that was a great job to get another true type corner that can cover guys uh, uh, opposite of uh, Slay. You know, then you look at going to get a pass rusher like Reddick, but how are they going to play him? I'm anxious to see how John Gannon utilizes him in their uh, scheme. Is he going to be always like watching today? I see him come off the edge and rush the passer but, a passer, but I also see him dropping back in coverage as well. When they do that, I think that will make offenses think on, okay, if he's not coming, then where's the pressure going to come from or where's the extra rusher going to come from? Uh, I thought in a draft to get Jordan Davis and to get uh, uh, Dean, yeah. the linebacker from, from Georgia, were two great picks and great value picks. But the guy that just watching some of the preseason that uh, I was really impressed with was the center from Nebraska, Jurgensen, and what he's shown so far. Cam Jurgens actually on a farm grew up and he would 
He would block cattle and steer, and he's farm strong. We've seen him. He, he, does he look like Jason Kelsey 2.0? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's too early right, to right, tell. Right. But, 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 he, but the athletic those, skill yeah. set, the natural play strength that he that he plays with, yeah. and he was, you can tell he's an athlete because he was converted. I think he came in as a, a, a skill position guy, then was a tight end, and he eventually moved to center when he got to Nebraska. So, but uh, what he has shown so far in the preseason, looks like he will be the next great center in line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, it's interesting uh, being down here at this joint practice. You see Nick Sirianni and Mike McDaniel. I'm sensing a shift in the hires in the NFL, younger coaches, and it seems like in sports now, creating the vibe and the connection with the team is so important now. Do you see that kind of becoming the norm here, hiring younger, more energetic, and and creating those relationships with the players? I, I think that, but both of them, if you look at our offensive side yeah. of the ball head coaches, and you know, a lot of times ownership is, okay, what are we going to do with the most important position on our roster? And that's quarterback. And who, what coach can develop that quarterback and make him into a franchise guy? I mean, everybody wants to get a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but that's why I think the trend is going that way. I think the other thing is that when you see these players coming out of college, they're different than they were five or six years ago. And you have to be able to relate to these players. And I think the younger generation, not that the older coaches can't still relate to them, but I think the owners are maybe looking at how can these new young coaches, are they have a, can they create a relationship with these players coming out at the collegiate level? Couple final questions for you, a little Eagles-Vikings rivalry. Um, when the Eagles took Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson was available to you there, were you surprised that they went with him over Justin Jefferson? No, because I don't know what was said in the draft meetings, and we liked Rager as well. You know, when we looked at him, you know, not only his receiving skills, but you knew he was going to get in the ball's hands because we anticipated he was going to be your, your returner as well. So that's just that many more touches that he'll get in his hands. So, I think that there's there's still time to see how that plays out. This is going into his third year now, uh, so I wouldn't call him a bust yet. Uh, but, you know, everybody had him in the first round when they came out. So we just got fortunate that Justin Jefferson, and I wish I could say I knew that Justin Jefferson was going to be as good as he was too. You could take some, that apart. Sometimes it's a little bit of, of yeah. luck. You, you know, you see how the draft board falls to you, and you take the best player available on your board and, and go from there. So just to let you know, on Sports Talk Radio in Philly for the last couple of years, it has been, why didn't the Eagles take Justin Jefferson? Do you think that that can really affect somebody like Jalen Rager? Because he said he was prone to look at social media and he has to stop kind of taking everybody's viewpoint into, you know, into his mind. So do you think that that can weigh on him? Because he's constantly compared to how well Justin Jefferson is doing. Justin's one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, I think that that weighs on these players now because of the social media, because of the hype of a first round pick coming in and most of them are looked at as well hey this is the guy that's going to come in and take our team over the top this year because he was a first round pick but some guys develop differently some guys become instant impact players uh, some guys take two or three years and all of a sudden they become instant impact players but i know you know just the respect i have for howie and, and what he has done to build this roster and to have Rager to have Smith to have uh, Brown that that's some pretty good playmakers around and you know like I said I really thought that Goddard is an underrated tight end in this league and for Howie to go ahead and pluck him uh, uh, I thought was a great job all right final question for you and I hate to bring it up uh, five years ago 
the uh, NFC title game in Philadelphia. So I swear to you, I, I talk about this with friends all the time. The Vikings went right down the field to start that game. And right. then you guys are moving the ball. Chris Long comes in and hits the arm of the quarterback. Professional Case Keenum. Case Keenum. And then it's intercepted. And did that just change the entire game? I think it was because I believe that was coming off the uh, Minneapolis Miracle game yeah. uh, when uh, that New Orleans. And then, you know, when I was there and, you know, there's probably no atmosphere in the NFL as electric is going in and playing uh, in front of the Philadelphia fans yeah. for as uh, pleasant as they are to play in front of. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we had the momentum and all of a sudden that seemed to change the whole dynamic of the game. And after that, because we had a really good defense and I thought that Nick Foles at the time struggled when he first came in and took over for Wentz but really got hot at the right time and played outstanding that game. And, and they had an answer for everything we did on the defensive side of the ball. And it wasn't, uh, wasn't like it looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the game. Is, is that run by Nick Foles, that game, and then what he did in the Super Bowl to outduel Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, is that one of the best two-game stretches you've seen out of a quarterback? It got them a Super Bowl win, so you can well make said. that judgment. Yeah, well said. Sorry to bring up that loss, oh. uh, but but I always felt that, wow, it just changed from that moment. And uh, you guys went right down the field yeah. and then it all changed. Well, it's always great to interview uh, and end an interview on a high note. So I appreciate that uh, as well. Well, <laughs> well, you live in Florida, so you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. And keep up the good work on CBS Sports headquarters. Thank you. We'll be watching, Rick. Okay. Thanks for your time. Yep. Appreciate it. Rick Spielman, everybody.